This is the Good Neighbor Podcast, the place where local businesses and neighbors come together. I'm your host, Charlie McDermott. Welcome to episode number 853 of the Good Neighbor Podcast today. It's Good Neighbor Rick Gallo, his company, Close Watch Services. Rick, how are you doing? I'm doing very well today, Charlie. How are you doing? I'm doing terrific and uh, you know, maybe even a little better than you because you're a little chilly where you are at the moment. Little yeah, holiday visiting. Yes, we family has a house up in the Catskill Mountains, so we came up here for Thanksgiving. And uh, you know, when you lived in Florida, even though I'm from the Northeast, you live in Florida for 30 years, and uh, your body really acclimates to that. You know, the, the cold weather go, chills you right to the bone. But it's nice. <laughs> it's nice for a different. It reminds me why I live in Southwest Florida. Ain't that the truth, man? It, it, it's good to go back every now and then to, for, for that you know reminder. Yeah, uh, but you know, of course. The big question is, uh, who's watching your home? So let, let's get into that. Um, close <laughs> watch services. Yeah. <laughs> Fill yeah. us in on what you're doing. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I started Close Watch Services over 25 years ago. We actually uh, started our business in 1995. So we've probably wow. been around for longer than most. Uh, in fact, I don't yeah. know of a home watch company that's been around longer than we have. I was going to um, say, you were as, ahead of the curve. Yeah, you know, when I when I moved down here, and if I can give you a little bit of background, I moved down here, we actually yeah. moved down on my wife's job. My wife was a buyer uh, for Chico's. She worked directly for Marvin oh, sure. and Grelnick, yep, way back when. Yeah. This is when Chico, this is when Chico's was working out of a two-family home yeah, off of McGregor, and their distribution center was a closed-down roller skating rink, if you can believe it. So this was a this was a while ago, but uh, I was a, I was a vice president of sales and marketing for a bottled water group. We own five bottled water companies up in the up in the Northeast, mostly New England area, one in the New York area. Um, and when I came down, I just I, I, I wanted to start something on my own because we moved down on her job. Now was a great time to go into business for myself, and. Um, and the way that, and this was in the mid 1990s, so things were booming. I mean, things were going incredible. There was an incredibly hot market. So I was at a, uh, I actually went to a trade show on Marco Island, and I met a gentleman who was doing the home watch business out there, and he was a retired athletic director from, I think it was Rice University. Um, and he basically told me how he got involved with the business and what the business was okay. like. And I've always been a very, very service oriented person. Um, so I came home that day and I told my wife, I said, this is the business that I want to start down here. And so, and, uh, and that's what I did in 1995. I'll tell you something for about a year, I did all these mailings out to these high end areas and things thinking that I would be able to get some business and, and it just, uh, was not happening for almost a year. And so, uh, I basically came to realize that the way people employ a home watch company is not through direct mail and not through advertising, but they do it through referral. And it's a referral from a neighbor or friend who's using somebody, or it's a referral from a real estate agent. So I joined every single realty group, Benita, uh, Fort Myers Realty um, uh, organizations, and, uh, and I started, uh, started building it that way. And within a year and a half, I had 150 clients. Um, back then, which I trimmed way down because I was I was saying yes to everybody. I was going to Marco Island. I was going to North Fort Myers, and now my business I've kept it very concentrated because we want to offer a level of service to our clients um, that uh, you know you can't do that unless you're in a very concentrated area. So basically, our business goes from Bonita Beach Road to Corkscrew Road, um, and all points in between. And currently, we have about seventy clients that we provide service for. 
And I know you mentioned, you know, my, my being up here, I have a wonderful staff. I have people that have been with me for many, many years um, that uh, I'm still actively involved in the business when I'm there. But every once in a while, we've got to get away, especially after what just happened in, in southwest Florida. It was uh, it was quite the experience with Hurricane Ian. Yeah, that it was, that it was. Uh, how about, so you, you got into your, your journey, uh, uh, and, and was it just kind of one of those, you were looking for a business to open, but when did HomeWatch, was that something that was even on your radar when you uh, first started? I'd never heard of it. I'd never heard yeah. of it at all. And I, I tell people up north and things that uh, what we do for a living, and they say, no kidding. Uh, why do they do that? But, you know, we live in such a high absentee owner area, um, you know, some, where the bulk of our business is, is in Bonita Bay. And I think Bonita Bay is about 85 to 90 percent absentee owners. So there's not very wow. many year round residents there. And there's 4000 doors just in Bonita Bay between condos and single family homes. So there's plenty of business to go around. Yeah. That's never bothered me as far as competition. And HomeWatch really is, is it's either the fourth or fifth most popular occupational license in Lee County. So, I mean, there's a lot of people that do it. A lot of people kind of, they, they move down and they semi-retire and they say, okay, well, yeah. a neighbor asked me to watch his home and then another one, another, and all of a sudden they've got 10 or 15 homes they're watching and it's money for yeah. golf or fishing or whatever. Um, but there's not very many companies who have, who took it to the extent that we did and made it basically a full-time, uh, full-time job. Um, and, yeah. and, you know, what we offer, Charlie, too, is a little bit different than most home watch companies. Um, and I know in the past you've had uh, Diane Pisani on here, who is, I consider her the queen of home watch. Uh, oh, she's a dear friend and just, uh, she's a dear friend and she has really trained some wonderful people within this industry, uh, which is good because a lot of people get into it, in it, and they don't know what to do. They don't know the level of service they should be offering. They don't. They don't give the confidence to the homeowner that they're actually doing what they say they're doing while the homeowner is, is back up north. But yeah. uh, uh, as I started to say, as far as, as far as our area versus someplace up north, the reason they don't have it up north is because they have their friends and their neighbors and their families checking in on their place while they're down here. Um, but down here, they don't have that. Um, so they really, you know, every absentee owner should be employing a home watch company. You know, it's not that expensive and it really protects that, that investment for you. Yep. Peace of mind, right? That, uh, you know, using Hurricane Ian as an example, you know, uh, yep. those who didn't have a home watch company, they could just quickly go over and make sure everything's uh, not only checked out, but the importance of things you don't see, right? You know, those little Absolutely. lakes that are behind the walls that no one would notice until it's too late and the mold is short is yep. beyond that. Uh, yeah. 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 So we've yeah. actually picked up we've actually picked up quite a few new clients because other home watch companies weren't just did not have the wherewithal to offer the level of service that they needed following Hurricane Ian. Yeah. You know, we do we do more than just home watch. You know, with Hurricane Ian, I mean, we've had a total of 37 cars that have been picked up in total from our clients. We've had three of our homes, the first floors have been entirely gutted. So you have to oversee that. You have to make sure that they're, and there's been a lot of, um, there's been a lot of people coming from out of state and different areas who aren't licensed and things. And so, you know, being able to stay on top of that and ensuring while they're up north, they couldn't be down here, that they have eyes on the place and they have somebody who's coordinating you know, damage control and uh, and then consequently the, the repairs as well. Um, so it's, um, and, and we have picked up clients because they're how much people were, you know, just not capable of doing it. And so we've kind of stepped in. 
um, to handle yeah. that. Yeah, that's huge. That's huge. Well, what about mis misconceptions in your industry? What do you hear that you can speak to? I guess you know. I guess one of the one of the major there's actually two misconceptions that are related to the home watch business, and and that is number one is that is that people if you're an absentee owner you don't need it. You know, it might be your first venture to Southwest Florida, and what do I need somebody watching my house for? Um, or why, why should I be turning my water off and, um, you know, things of that nature. So, I mean, it's something that absolutely positively, if you're an absentee owner, you need to have somebody walking through. You know, in Southwest Florida, coming from the Northeast and the winters in the Northeast and everything, that can be brutal. But I don't think I've experienced anything as brutal as the summertime in Southwest Florida with those hard driving thunderstorms, the rain that comes in sideways, the, you know, the, the mm -hmm. high heat and the high humidity and things like that. I mean, I had an air conditioning unit up in, in Connecticut that was put in in 1964. And when I moved 30 years later it was still the same exact unit and and here you you know you only get you know seven or eight or ten years out of a unit so it's yeah, just, uh, yeah. Uh, the things really get beat up so you really have yeah. to have somebody and then another I, I tell you something that's just a real bugaboo and this is on the on the opposite side of things in that um, you people freak out if their air conditioning goes out for one or two days you know, we'll have a situation where we'll report back to them that their air conditioning unit is not working. We've called to have a service called. They'll be here, you know, in four days or two days or whatever. And people are saying, oh, my God, you got to get somebody in there. And they don't realize that people lived here for years and hundreds of years here without air conditioning. And they weren't living in black mold and breathing out all the time. Um, so there's, you know, there's ways to, to reduce the possibilities of that. But if your air conditioning goes out, it, it's fine if it's out for a couple of weeks, as long as you've got some circulation handling and stuff. Your place is not going to mold up if it's you know out for two or three days or even a week or even two weeks. You know, Hurricane Ian, we've got clients in the Bonita Beach Club down at the end of Hickory Boulevard. We started, we had two clients in there. We now have seven. Um, and they have not had electricity since the storm. They have generators that are running their air conditioning units for four hours a day. Um, and that's it, seven days a week costing them an arm and a leg to have that done because there's about 300 units in the Bonita Beach Club. Um, but they um, they did not get any generators or anything for almost a month. And we didn't have problems with places mildewing up. You know, within a couple of weeks, we were wiping down horizontal surfaces and doing what we could to keep it in check. Um, but yeah. again, people just kind of freak out a little bit unnecessarily as far as that's concerned. Yeah, well, good stuff. So how about outside of the business? What are you doing for fun? Um, I like to fish. I fish a lot. Um, I garden. Um, I garden a lot. Um, up in New York State, when you know, when I'm up here, I, I participate in what's called the Master Naturalist Program up here. I'm, I'm getting certification to become a Master Naturalist. I really enjoy the outside. But I think most, uh, beyond anything else, um, my wife and I have always been huge as far as volunteers are concerned, volunteering. Uh, we started volunteering in 1989 for the March of Dimes. Uh, they kind of career pathed me through the volunteer chain there, and I, I was actually on the uh, National Office of Volunteers uh, before uh -huh. I joined Make-A-Wish, and now I've sat on the board for Make-A-Wish for the last 10 years. But I'm also a benefit auctioneer, um, and since 2003, I've been calling benefit auctions, and I have, I think this, this season, I have 27 events scheduled, um, and, and we're raising anywhere from 15 to $20 million a year doing benefit auctions for different organizations, wow. and we do that all over the country, actually, depending on the time of year. Oh, 
It's now, something that, that's a, does that take a lot of practice? I mean, uh, you really have to talk fast as an auctioneer, don't you? No, you don't actually. You know, uh, you do you do if you're selling cars or you know or whatever. But uh, when you do a charity auction, um, you, everybody in the room has to understand where the bid is at. Um, and uh, if you're talking as fast as these guys do with the Meekum auctions, you know, or, or the Barrett Jackson auctions, and you can't, I, I watch those auctions and I can't understand what the auctioneer is saying. I've got to look at the screen and say, okay, the bid's at 27,000. I see that. But, uh, but no, for a charity auction, you have to have a rhythm. You've got to have a chant, a rhythm, and you've got to be entertaining. Um, and so it's, uh, uh, but you, do, you don't have to go super fast. But, but you uh, want to go fast enough so that people have to make their mind up quickly to raise that bid card. You don't want them to think about it too much. Uh, but it's something that's it's fun for us to do. And, and I formed a yeah. business around it about four years ago, but I did it for free, as strictly as a volunteer for years. And we still do probably 30% of the uh, auctions we do, we do pro bono. Wow! Yeah, that's awesome. Good for you. Well, you know, it, tie, it ties into if if you go on our website, if you visit closewatchservices.com, you'll see what our mission statement is, and and basically our mission statement is that you know we believe that our rewards in life are a direct result of our contributions, and the way we build our business is through excellence of service and giving back to the community. And that last part is very, very important to us. I think, you know, when you when you employ somebody to, to look after your home, I think it, I, there's, there, like you said before, it's a peace of mind. There's a huge trust level there. And so, um, you know, you really have to, character uh, character matters in the, in the way that you run your life other than in your job uh, matters a great deal as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, yeah, good stuff. How about when it comes to a hardship life challenge, Rick? What comes to mind a period of time you were challenged, you got through it. Now, looking back, you could say because of that, I'm better for it, I'm stronger. Um, you know, I think that probably the biggest hardship that I've ever had to overcome in my life, not business-wise, because I, I, I can say I've been blessed business-wise. We haven't had any hardships with business um, because our, the, the nature of our clientele, they've always had enough money to keep us watching their homes or doing what we do for them. Um, so really nothing there. But um, when I was 12 years old, back in 1964, uh, my mother had a brain tumor. Um, and she was six kids at the time. I was 12. My older brother was 14. And we had a, my youngest sister was six months old. Um, my mother was incapacitated for probably about two years. She had to learn how to walk and talk again. She never regained the use of the left side of her body fully. Um, so myself and my brother, my father had to work three jobs to pay for everything. And, um, so myself and my older brother basically raised my younger siblings. So we did all the cooking, we did all the cleaning, we did all the, I, I know how to sew. Um, you know, we did everything. Um, so I think, you know, the best thing that came out of that is, you know, my wife benefited a great deal because I'm very domesticated. Uh, so, I mean, I can, you know, I can do all that stuff and I don't mind doing it um, as well. So I think that was, you know, that was one of the, it was the most, one of the most traumatic things that I've had to deal with, but I think it was one of the most beneficial things too. It, it developed a side of me that a lot of men don't get a chance to develop at a young age. Yeah. Wow. Wow. And I should probably also add to that, Charlie, that, you know, unlike most home watch companies, we basically, you know, the home watch business itself is a great business from May when people leave till October when they come back. Um, 
but between that October and May period, when people are here, November to, to May, when they're here, you don't have many homes to watch. You know, our, We have maybe two or three out of our base of 70. So I started back over 20 years ago. I started cleaning for our absentee owners. So we basically took that partial client and we, we turned them from a six-month-a-year client to 12 months a year and yeah. offering them everything from airport transportation, grocery shopping, pet sitting, more right. like a concierge service. So we, we kind of took it to that next level. Yeah, very smart, very smart. How about one thing you wish our listeners knew about close watch services? What would that be? I think uh, just about us as people. I think, you know, us as people, I, I would encourage people to, you know, if you're going to employ a home watch company, I would encourage them to, um, uh, to, to do some research. Google them, find out what they're like for people, find out what they do for the community, find out how much, uh, are they giving back? Or, um, and, uh, you know, and there's a lot of people that are getting into this business because it is a relatively, I mean, basically you can operate this business with a cell phone um, and a good automobile. Um, so it's a pretty simple business to get into, not high expenses. But as far as having that level of trust, um, I think you really need to look into who you're going to be uh, employing and ask for references and talk to some of the people that they, I have some, I still have some clients that I started with 26 years ago. Um, so, mm-hmm. and they've become more like family. My kids who are now parents to my grandkids babysat for their grandkids, you know, things of that nature. So it's, uh, so it's really, they're more like family than they are, than they are like clients. Um, so, and I think you, you also look at at the character of the business and the way a business is operating. You know, one of the things that we do because we do the cleaning as well is we're members of cleaning for a reason and cleaning for a reason. Um, it was when we first got involved about seven years ago, we cleaned for women who were undergoing cancer treatment for free We Mm -hmm. once a month for four months. Um, now they've actually, um, because of today's day and age, now we actually involves men as well. So men who are going through cancer treatment and they need to have their house cleaned. Cleaning for a Reason is a wonderful organization and they just a very simple process to be vetted. And we come in and it's on our own dime. We come in and clean for them once a month for four months. Wow. wow. Man, Rick, we covered a lot of ground. I'm sure we have listeners. <laughs> we did. <laughs> get in touch. Uh, they want to learn more. What, what's the best way for them to do so? Uh, best way is that, well, you could uh, go to my website, uh, which is very easily. It's closewatchservices.com. Um, and, you know, you can contact me through there. Um, feel free. You could also give me a call at 239-340-1889. I'm not sure if you put that up on the screen or not, but, uh, but it's 239-340-1889. Um, or they can always uh, they can always email me too, but my email address is in my in my website, so probably go into the website, and that's going to give a whole. It's going to give the whole variety of what we do and all the different services that we offer. Awesome, awesome. Well, Rick, thanks for being a part of the show and and all you do for the community, and we wish you the absolute best going forward there. Well, thank you very much. And I want to thank you, Charlie, because we should have more of this going on in our community, you know, highlighting some of the people that are doing some good in this community, some of the people who, you know, some, especially the independent business people and, the, and the, uh, the stars that we have in our community that are doing things in the community. So thank you very much for having this podcast. I enjoy watching it and listening to it. And, uh, and thanks again. Thank you for listening to the Good Neighbor Podcast. To nominate your favorite local business to be featured on the show, go to goodneighborpodcast.com. That's goodneighborpodcast.com. Or call us at 239-224-4105.